So this morning I'd like to give a little introduction to the Vipalasa. And as we have mentioned yesterday in your um, yogi page, there's also a link to a little handout which uh, lists those four Vipalasa. You can come back to that again and again during the retreat and even after the retreat. They are very deep, very profound teaching, but also very concise. It's a, it's a, you know, a list which can give our practice uh, direction to focus our energy. And I find it's extremely handy, that's why I have chosen it for the retreat and just starting with um, a little reading of the second part of the Sutta with a translation by Andrew Olensky. And it goes like this. These four monastics are distortions of perception distortions of thought, distortions of view. Sensing no change in the changing, sensing pleasure in suffering, assuming self where there is no self, sensing the unlovely as lovely. Gone astray with wrong views, beings misperceive with distorted minds bound in the bondage of Mara, those people are far from safety. They are beings that go on flowing, going again from death to birth. But when in the world of darkness, Buddhas arise to make things bright, they present this profound teaching, which brings suffering to an end. When those with wisdom have heard this, they recuperate their right mind. They see change in what is changing. Suffering where there is suffering. Non-self in what is without self. They see the unlovely as such. By this acceptance of right view, they overcome all suffering. So seeing change in what is changing, suffering where there is suffering, non-self in what is without self, they see the unlovely as such. By this acceptance of right view, they overcome all suffering. So, you know, the word... Vipalasa is by different translated, translators uh, translated differently and I'm just going to mention a few. For example, you know, Andrew Oglensky and Archan Suchato are translated as distortions. Uh, Venu Bhikkhu Bodhi translates it as inversions. And Joseph Goldstein uses the word hallucinations. And, you know, in the older translations even the word perversions has been used. And 
the term itself, you know, comes from vi pari asa, which the first prefix vi carries a sense of uh, separation or remover. And then there's a second uh, prefix, which is pari, which means something like around or complete. Like, you know, when we speak about the perimeter of a piece of land or something. That's the same root. And then there's a verb, as, as, which means something like to throw. So, vi pari asa. So, I'm putting all this together. Uh, brings an image of, you know, a mind taking something up and then turning it around and throwing it down again. So, you know, that the mind is basically picking something up and then distorting it and then throwing it down and saying, this is it. So it's a distortion of reality by the perceptual and cognitive apparatus of the brain. You know, and a lot of it has to do that because we are thinking in language. We are thinking in, in uh, nouns. So that's one big uh, reason, you know, why these distortions are coming into our minds. And they are, you know, these distortions, those four distortions of perception uh, and of mind and view, they are fundamental to what in the Buddhist teaching is called, you know, ignorance or delusion. And they're also building, you know, the food for the hindrances. And, you know, that doesn't say that our minds are inherently flawed. They can be purified from these uh, dis distortions. But what it says is that we are making, you know, constantly serious errors on three different levels as we attempt, you know, to make sense of the world around us, to make sense of our experience. And, and this... You know, perpetual erroring can be corrected through practicing meditation, through insight. And you know, in particular, through practicing inside of the uh, four satipatthana, the four establishments of mindfulness, you know, where we are learning to pay attention to our experience in particular ways. And through this, you know, we are liberating the mind from these mistaken assumptions and, uh, you know, mistaken identities which we start to believe in. And it's like freeing ourselves from a cage, so to say, through looking at our experience in a particular way according to the teachings of the Buddha and using, you know, the meditation toolkit as, as our work of, you know, starting to pull all of these entanglements apart, apart uh, creating more space. And then, you know, we start to see that 
those distortions they exist like on three levels as it's also as you can see on the handout the first level is the yeah, the most superficial level is on the level of perception sanya vipalasa this is you know information which comes in through the senses for example you know i'm going through the forest and there's a piece of uh, dark wood lying on the floor and for a moment I think it's a snake and the body just jolts back and then you're looking again and saying oh no no it's just a piece of wood so you know that can be corrected with with investigation that can be corrected with being careful with scrutinizing but sometimes it is not seen and then when it's overlooked and remains, then it, it builds the basis, you know, for the next level, which is uh, Chitta Vipalasa or Thought, Mind. This is the next highest, higher level, the processing mind, the mental uh, processing, thinking and pondering. Yeah, when the mind starts to elaborate on the perception. For example, you know, I'm going through a forest and see a piece of wood and, you know, for a moment I think it's a snake and, and my whole body contracts and my mind is in shock for a moment and then I'm looking again and I see it's actually just a piece of wood but the mind continues to elaborate on it and continues to think but there might be other snakes or you know remembering stories and just there's a sense of uh, dread and the mind is occupied with thinking about it and then you know through maybe you know not recognizing certain perceptions as being distorted then we are developing thought patterns based on those distortions and then those thought patterns, if they become habitual, they evolve into distortions of view, that's the third level, the deepest level, Titi Vipalasa. So you know that's, for example, when we are convinced that there are snakes in the forest and we don't even want to go there because maybe we have phobia and even, you know, many people might tell us, no, there are no poison snakes in this forest. Well, no matter how much amount of evidence or advice we get, we, we just can't shift that, that view. It's very strongly ingrained. That's the third level, when we are really stuck on something. So that's those three levels on perception, mind and view. And additionally, you know, to those three levels they that they operate in you know, on different depths, they also condition each other. For example, you know, our perceptions are formed in the context of our views. As I said before, you know, if I go with a very strong view or phobia of, of uh, snakes into the forest, I'll 
be particularly vulnerable, you know, to see those uh, long, dark pieces of wood. They will s stick out at, at, at my sense perception because I'm, I'm already kind of poised in that direction. And, you know, those views, they are also strengthened by our thoughts and they are at the same time also informing our thoughts. So those three levels, they are working together and they are building our personality, we can say. And uh, we're building, you know, our where we will arise, you know, in which realm of existence we will arise. And, uh, you know, because everything depends on these very deep underlying views. For example, what for a, a vulture, a piece of rotten meat is a very delicious feast, whereas for me it would be something really horrible. I don't want to have anything to do with. So these uh, distortions of of perception is a very uh, of of perception, mind and view is a very um, handy map, you know, to uh, orient ourselves to orient our practice. And uh, they are only, you know, overcome through the stages of awakening, through the four stages of awakening. So that's, you know, one, one way how we can um, lay out the path. And for example, the first one, seeing what is impermanent as permanent, is, uh, you know, seen through at the first uh, stage of awakening stream entry, Sotapanna. And then the second one, seeing what is painful as pleasant, that is overcome only at the fourth stage of awakening, Arahantship. So that's incredible deep Because the world generally you know, calls renunciation suffering, whereas in reality it's exactly the opposite. And you know, we can see that in so many areas of our lives, you know, in politics, everywhere, it's it's everywhere huge blind fault. And then the next one is seeing what is without a self as a self. That one is also overcome at the first stage of awakening, Sotabana again. You know, when we for the first time have that insight that there is no separate self. And then the, the last one, seeing what is not beautiful as beautiful, that is uh, overcome at the third, third stage of awakening, uh, anagamya non-returner.
then you know the, the, the nature of the body is is understood for what it really is. So these are very deep levels of uh, delusion and you know they correspond through the three characteristics, the first three, Anicca Dukkha Anatta and you know the, the three primary ways how our minds distort reality to our disadvantage and to the disadvantage of all other beings and creating a lot of, of suffering. And then the fourth one, uh, seeing what is not beautiful as beautiful is, is an additional one because it can help us, you know, to direct our energy in, in, in the right way, not being lost in uh, too much attraction and not being um, distracted from the path. And uh, quite a few times, you know, suttas end with this, uh, with the following um, quote, which, you know, relates also to the Vipalasa. And I'm just going to read that now for you. For example, at the end of a sutta, we can hear, when this was said there, and then there's the name of the person, or the title of the person said to the Blessed One. Magnificent Master Gautama, magnificent Master Gautama. The Dhamma has been made clear in many ways by Master Gautama, as though he were turning upright what had been turned upside down, revealing what was hidden, showing the way to one who was lost, or holding up a lamp in the dark for those with eyesight to see forms. I'm reading it again. Magnificent Master Gautama, Magnificent Master Gautama, the Dhamma has been made clear in many ways by Master Gautama, as though he were turning upright what had been turned upside down, revealing what was hidden, showing the way to one who was lost, or holding up a lamp in the dark for those with eyesight to see forms. I go for refuge to Master Gautama and to the Dhamma and to the Sangha. From today, let Master Gautama remember me as a lay follower who has gone for refuge for life. So that directly relates to the Vipalasa. So, you know, it's a very profound, very deep teaching. You know, which we can, you know, for our whole life, we can have this handout with us and, you know, ponder it and, and see, you know, as one way how the whole teaching can be summarized. And uh, so for this morning reflection, I'd like to, you know, leave you with that and, you know, just allowing it to sink in. And, you know, maybe sometimes taking out the handout and using uh, 
a portion of it for reflection. And then, you know, I'll uh, offer you then the next hour or so is for your personal practice, practicing on your own. And then if you come back at 11.20 Pacific time and then Ayahimsa will offer a meal reflection. And then I'm going to see you again in the afternoon at 1.30 uh, for a guided meditation. And, you know, I'm going to give a guided meditation on the fourth Vipalasa, seeing what is not beautiful, asuba as beautiful. Because I'm going to, you know, speak about the fourth Vipalasa first, because it corresponds to the first foundation of mindfulness, and I think that's uh, better for the retreat, starting uh, with the first establishment of mindfulness. And then tomorrow, speaking about the impermanence, that will be the Ayananda Bodhi coming in the morning with a reflection. So please, you know, take good care of your minds and of your bodies. On take good care of your minds and your bodies. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.